0: You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. I'm going back stateside and I'm speaking to a fantastic artist. And now I've spoken to his, his partner before and she's amazing as well. But this guy, this guy has got He's got an incredible vocal. He's got it switched on. He's making headway in the country music scene. His name is Jesse Lopez. Hi, Jesse. Hello. hello. What's up, guys? How, how how are you doing? Oh, man, I am
1: stoked right now. The, you know, we're in Florida, yeah. and the weather could be a little better. It's been a little weird and wacky uh, since we've been down here, but... You know, I can't complain. We're down here. We're playing shows, and I uh, just feeling fortunate to be playing live music again.
0: I mean, for for reference for everybody, we're talking now on the nineteenth of February, and at the moment in the US, there is currently a would you say a nationwide kind of like crisis in terms of the weather?
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah, and we're you know, Kirsty and I are in contact with uh, people from all over the country. And it seems as though no matter where that person lives, they are in an ice storm right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: I mean- it's very strange. We know, we're, not, we're not that bad. The weather, you know, it's not cold, cold here. It's just been windy and rainy. Uh, down, like in the further south part of Florida,
0: yeah I mean, I mean, I think I was looking at the weather map the other day, and everywhere else was like getting up north, it was like minus thirteen degrees Fahrenheit, and for you guys, it was like sixty two it's like it's not too much colder than normal, but it's still a bit yeah. f- bit cool,
1: yeah, yeah well, and uh and even Nashville's getting snow, yeah you Crazy. know where I, I was looking i was I was scrolling through Instagram just a minute ago, and I saw people posting like reels of them you know tubing around in snow on the streets in Nashville yeah. what is going on right now
0: i mean i've 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 got so many friends in nashville now and i mean they've all sent me videos of you know skating around i mean uh, alexis taylor she's in nashville at the moment and she was she was uh, sledging i'm sure she was like tied to a car or something and scooting off in the snow it was brilliant to see it was so fun but you chose on the 10, perfect 10. time What's that? You chose the perfect time to go to Florida.
1: And totally, and totally by chance. We literally, we we booked tours just because we were trying to make some money. And, uh, you know, we were actually, we were talking the other day, we kind of feel bad. Our friends hit us up and are like, you know, we're stuck inside and this and that. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's uh, um <laughs> We're, uh, we're, you know, it's, it's rough down here too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you're all sat outside eating breakfast. Oh, it's just so, it's so yeah, difficult. Exactly.
1: Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at the ocean right now. It's beautiful. Uh, the, the weather's great, sun shining.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, I can imagine how livid your friends would be. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I, I, I rubbed it in my family's face the other day. They're, we have a, a family text. Yeah. You know, and they're they're sending pictures of their backyards and, you know, oh, we can't leave our driveways and this and that. And I like, there's a channel back behind the condo we're staying in. And it's like, I like took this video. I was like, well, this is how I woke up.
0: <laughs> Sorry, sis. So evil. <laughs> it's that, That's the equivalent of somebody being on a diet and then the person next to them eating a big pile of cakes and sweets and crisps and things that they can't eat.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And being like, I stay skinny, anyways.
0: Mm, I'm I'm always thick, thin. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, uh, how how has the touring and gigging been? What what's it been like? Uh, it's it's been a blast. Obviously, it
1: is so much fun to get back out on the road and and be doing what we what we do and what we what we love most about our jobs. Um, it got a little, you know, it, it just got a little monotonous uh, during during the lockdown and during the quarantine while we were uh, trying to get back into a full swing. Yeah. And it's been uh, it's been so much fun. And obviously having Kirsty on the road, this is our first like uh, full tour together and having Kirsty on the road makes things even more fun. You know, it, yeah, I've, I've never been on the road with, uh, with significant other before mm-hmm. and obviously having my girlfriend on the road and she, she loves what I do just as much as I do. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, that's just a whole another experience all in itself. You know?
0: <laughs> well, since we've got the in the vicinity, she, she should, she should still be able to hear us, right? Oh yeah, she can hear. Um, so I hear that you've got a question that you want to ask her oh my god
1: <laughs> you should have seen the look on her face just now
0: <laughs> oh that'd be that'd be brilliant a nice live proposal
1: well that is a good one right there that is... <laughs> that's
0: one of the reasons why i didn't need to put headphones in at first it was like i've got to get something in
1: He's like, I gotta, he's, they're, they are setting me up for something great right
0: now. <laughs> obviously, you can't really say though, cause obviously she's nearby, but is there anything in the future?
1: Man, you know, we are, she's, she's a funny one. She likes to, she likes, she's, she's a slow roll kind of girl, but, mm-hmm. um. You know, I've been through enough to where I can appreciate that, and yeah. uh, and you know, I think we're, we are we are building something great, and I you know, we're, I think we're both just uh, appreciating each other's company at this point. Obviously, there's downsides, dude. I I, I can't believe I survived the quarantine. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> there were some moments
0: <laughs> that there is. That's where I was gonna come from was the fact that you spend so much time together being in quarantine being you know going out on tour you know going around yeah. you know it's a big big thing and if you can if you don't want to kill each other now it's going to be all right in 5 10 15 years time
1: well you know and if we figured uh we we, we weathered a pretty a pretty heavy storm uh, early on in the relationship you know when when the lockdown happened we were only 2 months into our relationship so yeah. um, so you know, I think that uh, I think that there's a great foundation for something good to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh bless. That that's that's the perfect romantic response. You know, <laughs> without without too much commitment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> doing, what, doing what I can to to you know, not make her freak out.
0: <laughs> that, that that's that's the main thing. I mean, because like you say, you know, it's so early in the relationship. It must be so. Everything must be so bubbly and new and fresh. And I know you've do you say, you know, it could be quite rocky because in the first two months you are stuck together, you know, you can't leave because you've got to create your own bubbles and all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. It, but it still must have its really, really good points. You know, that new romance feel to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and like I said, there's so much about, um, music, about my appreciation for music and, and growing up the way that I did, um, Uh, I, it was, it's in my blood, you know, I, from the second that I, that I picked up a guitar, I think, um, literally 16 years ago, I picked up a guitar and I don't think I've, I don't think I've gone a day without picking (laughs) up a guitar since I, since I did for the first time. So, um, and Kirstie, you know, she feels the same way. She's been on stage her whole life. Yeah. And, um, I think that, uh, just being, being in a relationship with somebody that understands, that like, you know, it's in my blood. I'm not doing anything else. I don't care about anything else. Like this, <laughs> yeah. all of the energy is going to go into this until I reach my goals. And, uh, and, but you know, we push ourselves or push and push each other because of it. But I think that, um, I think that's the, you know, a real, a real big driving factor. <laughs> and Sorry, she Bob. and I, uh, she and I tend to have, you know, the, the right kind of, of differences, I guess in, in a, in a working space. So, um, you know, we, we, we worked it out, but you know, like I said, I, I had some close calls there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's genuinely awesome. And I promise this isn't, this isn't the uh, second Kirstie Kau- uh, Krause podcast. This is yours. And the only thing I wanted to say next was the fact that if it wasn't for the fact that you two were together and you was playing guitar for Kirstie on the, like the live streams and stuff, you know, who knows what, I might not have seen you for another couple of months. I mean, I would have definitely seen you at some point because you're rising. You're really rising.
1: Yeah, trying to, I'm <laughs> trying to get there.
0: <laughs> <coughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I don't know where this coughs come from.
1: No, you're okay, you're okay. I, I inhaled spit the other day when I was on stage <laughs> um, in the middle of a song and Kirsty looked at me like, what is going on with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I was I was just going to edit all this out, but I might leave that in. <laughs> so go, go, going from that then, actually, I'm going to leave it in because I, w- I genuinely want to know what happens when you're on stage and you do something like that. You've said you're doing a duet or something and your part's coming up, but you've just swallowed some spit and you're starting to cough and choke and you know that your bit's coming up and it's like, crap, what do I do?
1: Um, okay. Well, we're, it depends on what kind of situation you're in. Obviously I, in in an acoustic situation where I'm the only instrumentalist, Mm -hmm. my part's coming up, like my entry's coming up. Um, it could sometimes cause a little bit of a, a little bit of a weirdness with the crowd, but (laughs) they don't, they don't usually don't care too much if you just like play a little too much guitar.
0: Yeah. A bit, a bit of a pretend solo
1: yeah just like a a little instrumental thing like sometimes I'll like break it down and then like do a little build up thing that'll like you know it just like adds it's just like an emotional decision yeah (laughs) no yeah you know Um, uh, but in a in a full band situation you know obviously it's a little different sometimes you can get away with signaling your band to uh, to you know just play into it for a second Um, but you know sometimes you just you just sing through it there's a lot
0: (laughs) yeah no I (laughs) get
1: that uh, in a lot of situations, you just get used to singing through it, and sometimes you sound a little scratchy, and sometimes you might not come through as strong. Um, but you know, well,
0: you gotta so, do what you gotta do. sometimes those scratchy vocals might actually benefit the song.
1: It's not so. that kind
0: of scratchy. Yeah, it's a horrible, <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible. It's I mean, more of like, a, okay, he's you know, <laughs> I've got this, I've got this cough that's still there, and I just can't get rid of it. It's trying to get out.
1: <laughs> it's it, it is a rare thing. It's, it's not something that, uh, that happens often. Yeah. You know, uh, we get used to, to singing with spit on our mouths and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: <but> <laughs> so, okay, going similar to that, when you first ever started playing guitar and then singing, what was it like then for you to go into the singing world, so to say? You know, what was, what was the route for you?
1: You know, it was a total accident. Um, all of it kind of was, I I ended up having a friend that played guitar and I picked up his his guitar and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need one of these. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, my senior year of high school, I literally, I just wanted to learn how to read music. And I figured the easiest and fastest way for me to do that was to take a choir class. Yeah. And so the whole motivation, I just wanted to learn how to read music. I went in and did a, did a audition and, um, for the acapella group in the choir class and the teacher was very supportive of me being a singer and, um, kind of just went from there. I, I, a few months later I had my very first vocal performance like at the school talent show Yep. my senior year, And, uh, literally it was that like after the first performance that was, I knew from that point that that was, that this was it. You know, I, I, I'd been playing sports my whole life up until that point. And, uh, you know, was planning on going to going to college, playing sports, playing baseball in college, and whatnot. And at that point, I was like, "Man, this is you know, this this takes the cake for sure."
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't I didn't want to be stereotypical in any way at all, but having the Mexican Italian roots, I didn't want to just automatically assume it'd be baseball. But I'm so glad you said it was baseball.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I. Baseball is such so much of a mental game. <laughs> <That> is-
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> hey man, we you know we, I'm, I'm not I'm not like a, a, a big guy.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm a middle infielder. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're going to be a quarterback in a football game. Hey, I
1: I did I did play football when I was younger. Uh, until we got to high school and everybody else grew, <laughs> you know, and I kind of. <laughs> i kind of stuff i stayed the same size and i was not having it i got tackled out of my out of my shoes one time
2: seriously
1: oh i'm serious by my own teammate i was i was uh... (laughs)
0: how does that happen like
1: (laughs) i uh i i was a safety somebody got hit and they dropped a ball and i went and grabbed it right and I look up and the linebacker on my team, his name was Mike Sheffield, man. This guy was huge. And this he, he did not see me. He turned around and ran straight over me. My <laughs> shoes came off. My cleats were still in the grass, but I hit the ground.
0: <laughs> that just reminds me of some Looney Tunes Roadrunner stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does that even happen? I got up and dude, I yeah, you get up and you're like, okay. That really just happened. But um yeah, you you definitely stopped playing football after something like that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you tend to like sit back and kind of evaluate your life choices. What do I really want to play? How come yeah, so, you, how come you didn't go down like the baseball route then further through? What stopped it?
1: Um well and it's it's crazy. I played baseball for fourteen years. Um I traveled internationally uh traveled nationally I played really, really competitively For a really long time, year round And um, And it was just, honestly I, 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 that was it It was that performance, I played music And I just, I, there was nothing like it I remember getting off stage um, And just feeling So fulfilled That um, I can't imagine, I couldn't have imagined doing anything else And I literally, straight out of high school I just started busking Yeah <laughs> You know, I just started busking. It was like the only, I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to waste time. Um, I felt like going and getting that, that waitress or waiter job um, during those years. Would, I just, I felt like I was learning how to do something that wasn't going to benefit me in the future.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. No, I to- totally, totally get that. And it's like when I read read your EPK and when I read like your bio, I mean, I've got it up in front of me now, and I love how it says you're a Matador at heart.
1: (laughs) Dude, everybody gives me. (laughs) Everybody gives me shit for that one. And (laughs) hey, man, you know, I guess that. I I guess that that... (laughs) (laughs) that opening line was for the ladies. That's what the PR team was going for. I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I'm not 100% certain but that's my
0: <laughs> No, I love it. I I, I do. We I mean what we said right at the start, you know, with you and Kirsty, you're just such a romantic smitten fool.
1: I will, and you know, I'm a songwriter. I can't help it. You know, I'm yeah. all about uh i I'm, I'm all about that that feel and Kirstie, you know, Kirsty will tell you I, I I wrote this song for her and I played it for her on stage. You know, I'm that guy. I'm for sure
0: that guy. You're that, that, you're that <laughs> guy that I'll, has her I'll, in the I'll... video as well. And
1: well, I couldn't help it. That song, you know, she uh, and you know, not that I'll have somebody else in my other videos. She's she's a beautiful girl. So you know, why wouldn't I have her in it? But um, uh, especially with way passwords, it was kind of special. That that song uh, was. So it, the way past words was something that I said in conversation, she said, you should go write that song. And, uh, you know, it's about her, we put her in the video and it was just kind of, that was kind of a special experience, uh, being able to see our relationship, um, kind of projected in a, in a really realistic way. That video is a very, a very playful, loving video. And that's, uh, it's, yeah, it's very realistic projection of our relationship. It was, it's, it's nice.
0: Now the end of the video.
1: That scene, which one?
0: The uh, back of the truck.
1: Oh yeah, Kirsty hated me at that point. But really, really, <laughs> yeah. go on, you know, dude. That um, that that we were we started the shoot at six o'clock in in the evening. Yeah, and then that scene in the back of the truck was was at eight fifteen in the morning.
0: No way. yeah i hate you now i'm not even in it yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and nobody was happy at that point we were all exhausted i think that we had gotten time for maybe maybe an hour an hour and 15 minutes of like rest time go take a nap do what you can and get back out here um but it was worth it that 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 skyline and uh seeing the city in that way is beautiful oh man
0: i mean the both of you just you know when you watch a a film and it's always got the happy ending and everything's like over the top love but you basically compartmentalize all of that and actually make it realistic all that Mm -hmm. true kind of emotions and the love and everything in your eyes and the way that you know, she's just kind of leaning into you. Just that whole scene there. You could you could put that into a movie and it'd fit in oh, every movie.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um well, and you know, part of that being uh a great videography work and uh Kirsty Kirsty killed it. She's you know
0: Oh no no, no 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 dead no, dead no no dead no no, dead. no 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 no. You killed it.
1: I, I I'm so funny. I have I, I like giving credit to everybody else but uh no we um the that was I really wanted everything to feel really natural and um I think that having anybody else in the video would have would have changed how I don't know how sentimental it would have been but i um i don't know it was just it was a really great song and and so much uh recognition you know came out of it we got a lot of we got a lot of content like a lot of smaller smaller labels started reaching out after that release and uh kind of kind of got on the map a little bit with
2: that
0: one yeah i'm just reading now the the uh the b notice public relations write up of way past words yeah yeah Bev it's a lovely lovely write-up I mean some of your quotes they're just really they're really 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 sweet I mean (laughs) the great thing I think this is one of the things where I find I'm I'm really really lucky because I get to kind of see this kind of aspect of how singles produced how you know when you want to publicize something you basically put your heart on paper yeah but this is you literally putting your heart on paper now the reason why i say that is just the first quote that reads the song hits really close to home for me i was in love with my girl long before we had ever even kissed i'm such a physical Mm -hmm. touch type of person that sometimes expressing my love Comes down to an intimate setting because I guess from my perspective, nothing says I love you like a little physical attention. Yeah. That is just that, 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 that's like the soft version of Fifty Shades. That's like,
1: (laughs) hey, you know, trying to, trying to keep those ladies excited out there.
0: Metador. Metador. <laughs> no, 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 no! Kirsty, come closer. I, I missed that bit. Like
2: I said, "Are you for real? Is that your response?" Metador here. Little yeah. no, Metador right here.
0: The Metador. Oh. <laughs> 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 Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this chat. <laughs> no, but it is genuinely, genuinely, genuinely an amazing song. And if just if people haven't listened to it yet, I mean, you've already you've already surpassed fifty thousand streams on Spotify alone. Yeah, yeah, smashing it. Absolutely, yeah. just
1: yeah, and it and it um and. I don't know. I guess for me, that's just what music is. And it always has been that, um, it is expression. It's an, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such an introvert an emotional, not socially or anything like that, but an emotional introvert. Um, when it comes to like one-on-one talking to people, you know what I mean? When I, you know, when it really comes down to like letting people in on my day-to-day feelings, I'm not, I'm, I'm more private about it, but so music has always kind of been that that avenue for me to be honest and to and to wear my heart on my sleeve and just kind of be emotionally naked with people and um, and I've gotten more used to talking about it you know obviously with interviews and stuff like that but um, you know music's just always been that thing for me and I, I even have a, I have another song that I wrote um, called without my guitar and it's it's kind of goes along with that line. It's like you know, I feel all these things and I, you know, I want to say all this stuff, but how do I do that without my guitar in my hands? And that was like, you know, that's kind of a real, kind of a real, I guess, perspective from a songwriter experience. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I totally get that. No, I totally see the correlation. I totally see the, where are you going with that? I just want to pick up on one, just one, two, two words that you said during all of that. What, 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 what you got? Can't remember what you just said. I wrote them down. I don't know if you can read my writing. Emotionally naked. It's <laughs> so not only do you want to share your physical connection, but you also want to be emotionally naked as well.
1: Yeah, well I think that um I think that that is what makes a great song, a great song. Yeah. You know, I I had made I had made an agreement with myself, god so young, maybe when I was 18 or 19 years old, I had made a commitment to myself that I would never write about nothing, you know? And yeah, uh, I know. yeah, because, you know, and you see music, um, obviously I love, I love all music. And, and if there's a great artist in a, in a genre, uh, you know, I can appreciate a great artist in a genre. Um, but for me, music is more so about the story and it's more so about the lyrics than it is about, uh, the beat like in LA, I was working on a ton of stuff that was pop and hip hop based and it was all great music. And I had so much fun And there. um, You know, working on hip hop, I gained such a new respect for lyricism in that genre with the way that they write music and the way that it just flows and they just say things and um, they they have an open mind in a whole new way. But um, country music and the way that it's written is just such a different it's such a different vibe And there's so much respect for For the way that the song is written And how the words are put together And what the phrasing is And um, for me Being honest about my emotions While I'm doing those things Is what is what draws people towards my sound And what, what puts me in a place Where people would ever want to listen to me In the first place
0: No, I get you know? that I completely yeah. get that And I mean Quarantine Made Me Do It Really highlights that kind of songwriting <laughs> quarantine made
1: me do it was an attempt to put smile on people's faces no, you know? i totally
0: get that i was smiling yeah. from start to finish the 40 times i listened to it
1: and and i'm, I'm so happy because that was the goal you know we were we were sitting there and there's some a whole bunch of great music was written but at that time everybody was really really still feeling it and really writing emotional songs and and sad songs and 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 hurting you know, and I was like, man, we're just staring at walls. you know it is sad, obviously we have so much um, so much love for everybody that's that's going through everything and that's been affected, and their family's been affected by this. Um, but you know the reality is for a lot of us, we kind of just sat around staring at walls for you know, way too much time. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of where we were coming from is, yeah, the reality for the majority of us was just like, man, what do, we, what do, I, do, what do I do with myself right now while we're trying to wait for everybody else to get healthy and, and uh, keep everything safe? You
0: know. No, I get that. I get that a million percent because every time I listen to it, there's like a little quirk that I hear each and every time and it makes me grin from ear to ear. So the song is doing its job. You know, it's doing its purpose that you set out for it to do, to put smiles on people's faces. Now, the question I've got is, do you have any crackers in your cupboard right now?
1: Of course I have crackers in my cupboard right now. Will you take me for it? I want to
0: see if you can fit 17 in your mouth.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Look, we don't have those kind of crackers. I'm going to be honest here. They were small.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, so now the... uh, now the uh, rules are changing. They were just small. Were, they were
1: smaller crackers. They were it sized crackers, and I—I I really did. I think, you know, I—I I really made it a point to actually fit seventeen crackers in my mouth while we were shooting that video. <laughs> there is, there is a scene where the, I am, I am, you know, <laughs> making it happen. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I can't. There's these, there's these over here saying I, 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 make, I take my music videos seriously, and that is that is a fact. I am diehard about them.
0: <laughs> and the uh, backflip off the couch. Hey, look,
1: I, I, I'm serious about my videos, man. I didn't say I was stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the response. That is the response. I love it. <laughs> So glad you said that actually, because like, what is it? The not the next one, the one after that is what? Only one person see me naked.
1: Hey, that was a during quarantine.
0: <laughs> Unless it was an issue with the live streams, and then.
1: <laughs> oh well, I've actually I've got a funny story, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> um there. Well, those naked scenes, there's, we have bloopers.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We have bloopers where Kirstie's like, you know, we start it and she's like, okay, go. And I open the curtain and she's like, okay, well, maybe you have to move a little bit to the left. (laughs) 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 So, so there's (laughs) there's like, there's like eight or nine blooper videos. So I'm definitely going to piece those together. You're going to see a little, you know, little blurred out action on TikTok here pretty soon.
0: That, that's, <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited for that. Is that bad? <laughs> oh, me. Oh, uh, so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm lost. Oh, God. I'm gone. You're God. welcome. <laughs> when when you're... When you've written a song like that and you're about to do the video, well, yeah. you, no, not, even, not even when you're about to do the video, like when you've just released the song and you're thinking, you oh, know what, this needs a video. Do you actually yep. think, let's do this literally? Or do you think, shall we do a, like, a fun twist on it? Or is... What goes through your mind when you're actually thinking about doing music videos?
1: Um. Well, you know, oddly enough, as 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 stated earlier, I'm actually like, I am diehard about music videos. So as soon as we wrote the song, I immediately was like, "Cool, we're making a video."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And even even more so, I'm getting a mullet, and it was like. <laughs> it's my one chance in life where nobody is going to judge me for having a mullet, you know? And I was wrong. Kirsty judged me for sure. But <laughs> but you know, she I even <laughs> she's she's a trooper. But I even I give myself a mullet in the video and and it was just it was a it was a, a spur of the moment decision. I was like, boom. This is happening now. Set up the cameras, <clears throat> and I've even got a—I've even got a picture of me, and I've got like a bandana on and a snapback, yeah. and I'm like cheesing it, you know, super excited. I've got—I've got a selfie, and Kirsty's face is straight like this, just, just yeah, straight, not happy, not having it. This is gross. <laughs>
0: Please, 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 please bring back the mullet.
1: You know, and I didn't think it looked bad. I thought it was great. I, you know, I was happy. I had a mustache for some of it. It looked good. So, yeah, but that was definitely, oddly enough, that was one of the first decisions that was made boom I'm getting mullet
0: (laughs) oh now what was it like then when the time come where you've got the mullet and you think well I don't even think it was a case of thinking it you was forced you know beyond your will to have it recut what what was those emotions like how how devastated was you how how betrayed did you feel that you was forced to do such a thing
1: you know, i I thought I thought it was just it was it was harsh, you know, and it and, and and it's something that was completely taken out of my hands. And um, it, I don't know, I don't know. I I went to some therapy over it. We're it's a make or break
0: of the relationship. To be honest, I I don't know how you two survived.
1: I, I honestly I I still I commend myself for being here till this day. You know,
0: <laughs> just don't worry. My thoughts and prayers are with you. During these very distressing times.
1: Dang it, you beat me! I was trying to try so hard to keep a straight face through all that. You totally beat me.
0: <laughs> oh, now Kirsty. Yes. Kirsty, Kirsty, Kirsty. Yes. What is wrong with the mullet? It's gross. Like, like, why? Well, What about it?
1: So the way that Jesse's hair works is it's very thick
2: and it's very curly. So the mullet reminds me.
1: Unreasonably so.
2: Yeah, the mullet (laughs) reminds me of um, like Slater from
1: Save the Bell, kind of that thickness and the curliness. And I
2: don't, I'm just not. Into the mullet, even what he's got going on right now, I keep telling him get a haircut. Get you know, a haircut get but a haircut. I'm keeping my
1: options open. We just, we just, we just signed this. Don't uh, be
2: preparing for
1: a mullet. I'm, no, I'm keeping my <laughs> options open. Uh, we just signed this uh, this branding. We just worked out this branding deal with uh, the Cowboy Outlets, which yeah. is a western a western wear uh, outlet store, and uh, we we essentially have. You know, we're going out to Denver for our second meeting in March and we went out there in October and got a whole bunch of clothes. And, you know, there's a new look coming around. My hair, I've done a lot of things with it in the past. And, um, and I, man, I got a cowboy hat now. We're doing things with hats and styles. And I think I might, I don't know what I'm going to do with my hair yet.
0: Well, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, who knows? They might have seen the video and thought, that's who that's who we need.
1: Boom. We need a guy with a mullet and a Callahan.
0: That's it. That that's is it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man, with uh you know, with Morgan Wallen being uh in his situation, the industry just might need another guy with the mullet.
0: I mean well, exactly. I mean the mullet goes through phases. So originally it was believed
2: <laughs> moving past the mullet.
0: <laughs> I can happily talk no. for another half hour on the mullet. <laughs>
2: Do not encourage. Talk to him about what his hair is going to be like in the next music video.
0: <laughs> Shave <ball>. mullet.
2: Mullet. <laughs> it's going mullet. To be a mullet. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. Moving past the mullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Rock the mullet. Dude, I'm. I,
1: my, my sister said it looked good too. I'm I'm thinking about doing something a little edgier uh, now that we got the gear going and, uh, and trying some stuff out. Obviously my hair, nothing's final, but it grows fast. So why not try some stuff while I, uh, while I can you know?
0: So if you could do me a favor, just quickly fill this next like two seconds. If, If you could just talk about mullets or talk about how mullets make you feel.
1: You know, I think that the mullet is a great, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful way of expressing yourself. You know, there's all different kinds of mullets. Some are a little shaggier, some are a little little more party in the back than others. You know, I go for a little less party um, and a little more business in mine. But I think that each individual in themselves, you know, can really find their own mullet and uh, find what works for them.
0: Uh, Are you on your phone at the moment through Zoom? uh, Oh, oh, no, no, no! I'm in. I'm on. Just do me a favor. Just go to Twitter.
1: Go to go to Twitter. (laughs) Oh, this is fantastic! Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Oh, did you you tag her too? For Uh sure, I'm gonna read it right now.
0: What I'm doing is and I'm not, not going to time it. The time now here is 1709, so 09. We'll see how long it takes for Kirsty to come over and yell at us.
1: Okay, all right. It might not take very long. She's on that phone pretty often.
0: All right. <laughs> oh. So now those that are listening can understand the whole context of the tweet that I sent out. Because obviously, when you've been listening to this, you'll be wondering, why did this be like in like tomorrow or something? They'll be looking at the tweet thinking, well, what's this about until they actually hear this. Oh, so, yeah, this is all, this is now context for everybody. Now, I want to go to No Hero.
1: Okay, throwing it back.
0: No Hero. Like, I could, I, just, I just picture that being the theme song for. Some, not action like TV program or film, but like something that's so dramatic that needs that dramatic music.
1: Really? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. maybe you know. Maybe I got to take your word for it and start pitching it out. I mean,
0: it, it, to me, it, it felt like that's the kind of thing it would fit in. I mean, I got that kind of like suspense and drama vibe. That. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, yeah.
1: It um that is that is a very emotional song, actually. Um if we're yeah. gonna get into it. That was oddly enough, that was the first song that I ever wrote. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> um that was the first song I ever wrote and it is actually about my mother. Is so it? it? A bittersweet moment. Oh yeah, buttersweet moment about me and my mom. Um I went through a lot as a kid. I was uh I was definitely one of those one of those kids that uh that needed to learn things the hard way. Yeah. You know. I, uh, I explored a lot of things. I asked a lot of questions, but I definitely got in trouble a lot. So, uh, there was a point in time where my mom, you know, she kind of had enough and she had me go and live with my dad and, um, and yeah, that's what came out. Um, kind of looking for, uh, looking for that, that security and that, you know, that sense of consistency that I've always had and, yeah. and not really having it, but understanding the, my appreciating, my appreciation of the relationship at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that that's the song that I pick out to be a, yeah. I mean, it, it could still fit. I oh mean, yeah. That, yeah. I, I have to choose out the ones that are like the most either sentimental, the ones that like, written first. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, no, that's, that song is, uh, it really is. That's a, that's, that's a heartfelt song. And, um, and it, Man, it was a it was a crazy part of life. I had I had so much to learn at that point and I really was. I I was I asked so many questions and I there wasn't anybody that could have told me to do anything different. I was going to do what I was doing either way. So, yeah. you know. That was just that's that's what came out. That was the song that was needed.
0: <laughs> so, from writing the song to then releasing the song, what kind of time frame was that?
1: Oh, a huge time frame. Yeah. I wrote that song when I was, um, I'm going to say 16 to be safe. I wrote that song when I was 16 and I didn't release it until I was 24.
0: Yeah.
1: so there was an eight year time span between when I released that song and wrote
0: it. The reason why I want to know the exact time span is why, what was it that actually made you think, you know what, this is now ready to be released.
1: Um, that was, so, uh, you know, I wrote No Hero kind of at the beginning of, uh, at the beginning of the Troubles. Um, after high school, you know, I started busking and in Vegas on bridges. And that was the day to day, go up to the bridge, play music, make money, you know, go home. Yeah. And I ended up meeting some, uh, you know, what we call street kids. And uh, and they were you know train hoppers and hitchhikers yeah. and people that were getting around for free and making music and uh, and it just sounded like so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so off I went. <laughs>
0: <coughs> off you
1: go. Off I go. I was uh, I was eighteen. Mm. And, uh, and I just headed out, man. I, I spent so much time on the road. At first, I was traveling around by trains and buses and stuff. And then I wised up and started hitching. And, uh, and then I got a van. After about two years, I got a van. And uh, all bets were off once I got the van, man. We, I would pull up to a gas station. We'd pull up to a gas station with a gas can and just walk up to people and be like when they started pumping. watch watch for people oh that guy used a credit card go over to him like hey man you spare a couple gallons of gas and I literally I traveled around for free for two years on that exact method just go to a gas station boom tank by tank and uh, people are so generous you know people are kind and uh, in a lot of cases they would give me a lot more than just a few gallons oh yeah Yeah, but um, you know, within my travels, and uh, you know, you put yourself in the environment for long enough, and you get into trouble. And I got uh, real heavy into drugs and alcohol, and I had a a real heavy bout with uh, man with with alcoholism and addiction, and it it really took really took control of of a few years of my life there. Um, I'd say probably between the ages of twenty and twenty three. I like did not own my soul at that point, you know, and, um, and coming out of it, I had, I had written a lot of emotional songs. That whole first album, Endless Road is, is essentially, you know, that's, that's Endless Road. You know, it was my, I was, I was always on the road and I was always going somewhere else and I was always somewhere new. And I went through a lot. I grew I had to grow up really fast. And that whole first album was a really, really emotional expression of, Trials and tribulations, stuff that I've learned, stuff that I went through, um, and getting out of it, making it through it. I have a song in there called I Made It that I, I th- probably still brings tears to my mom's eyes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's a heavy first album, and uh, there's some stuff in there that I wrote that, man, I can't believe I wrote that at 19, 20 years old.
0: I mean, you, you mentioned the album title Endless Road. I mean, particularly since you're going through such a hard and difficult time, to me, you know, from a, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm no psychologist, I'm no therapist or anything like that. But what I read from that is it means the literal sense that, or even in the figurative sense that you've got a destination, you've got a plan, but the road just seems so endless that you're just never going to reach that end goal, that you're just never going to touch it. And it's always going to be moving away further and further each time.
2: Yeah.
0: Like one of those kind of reminds me of those dreams where you're running down a corridor and the corridor just keeps moving further back and you just you just constantly running.
1: Yeah. Like a mirage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um I actually it I have a song uh that it didn't make the album, but I have a song that I actually I wrote in New York City, um sitting there on West Central Park. <laughs> Uh, but it was called, it'll be fine. And, uh, and it was, the whole song was about how, you know, I'm still sitting here on a sidewalk. I'm still just trying to, trying to make tips. I'm, um, I'm spinning my wheels and I'm tired of hearing, it'll be fine. I'm tired of hearing, you know, you'll get there. I'm tired of hearing that stuff. And um, yeah, man, that's a, and I, and I, that's, that still hasn't changed. I still go through those, those moments. And I think we have, we probably all do every musician that, that, that hasn't reached their goal yet. Um, I think that we all go through those, those downsides from time to time. We just have those days where we wake up and we're like, man, I am so tired of putting in this work without having the response that I want. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, it's inevitable. We're, we're dreamers, you
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's not that it's not just musicians though. It's every form of creator. You know, those, yeah. you know, whether they're trying to get into the radio business or whether they're trying to get into art, you know, selling their art or whether they're making the music or singing the music or writing the music, you know, you can be turned down. And you can be told, no, 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 no. And then it's just trying to fight for that one. Yes. And yeah. Making music is not cheap. At all, by any means?
1: No, no, it's not. There is a constant spend. You are always spending money, and it never—the job never ends.
0: Yeah, and it, it, i totally get where you're coming from. With you know, it's so frustrating when people say, "Oh, it'll be fine. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll get there." Sometimes it just doesn't feel that way. I mean, I've always been very open and honest with this, but I've always suffered with um, depression and anxiety before. Even now, you know, in particular now, it's been quite difficult. And some days, even though everything is going perfectly, you know, things are happening when they should be happening and, you know, people are smiling, you're making people laugh and funny, but still the sky can still be grey. And, you know, not everything is fine. Not everything will be all right. And it's accepting that fact, but knowing that, one day it will be.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, it doesn't, but it doesn't always have to be. And no, I think exactly. that, yeah, I think that one of the, one of the best things that I learned, um, and going through, uh, getting sober and all that stuff was that, you know, it's such a simple thing too. in time, all things pass. And like, and they they laid that out for me in such a real way that was like, that means good things, that means bad things. You're going to go through waves in life, but in time, everything's going to come to an end, and you're going to have a great moment at the end of it, too. But, you know, so that's like – I think that was like – one of the, it's like such a simple thing, and I've heard it so many times, but for some reason hearing it in that way like changed my perspective on what was the words being said, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And – um yeah I don't know i think it's 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 a crazy thing to uh to come to terms with life on life's terms i,
0: I, th- I th- that well that's it there exactly you know life on life's terms but it's also on your terms as well you know you've if you're not willing to accept something or willing to open your eyes or open your heart or open your mind. To whatever it is in life, you know, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's even just personal choices. I mean, it was only the other day that I came out as bisexual. And for me, Congratulations. It, it took me for ages, it took me ages to get to that point where I was just ready to say, All right, and now is the time.
2: Well, yeah, man, I can imagine. Um,
0: you know it doesn't it's not always you know in a negative sense, but it can always be in the positive sense where you just you're holding you you can hold yourself back from your own goals
2: yeah
1: well and um and and not being not feeling like you're that that you can go out and be confident being yourself one hundred percent um obviously plays a huge role in that mm-hmm. um, so obviously i i commend you for your decision and being honest and and uh and uh you know being yourself in front of people and you know anybody that makes that decision i think is
0: is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I, as I like yourself, you know, I'll always. I, I never take. I never take compliments well. So let's go back to you.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, what love is? What,
0: what love is? What love is? Okay. Um, to you, what 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 is love? What is love? <laughs> What is love?
1: Love is apparently it's uh, you know sunsets and
0: uh, <laughs> and I just want you to spill off the lyrics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that's what I that's like I, it, it's so funny where I am I am I am a, a songwriter for sure, and I'm sitting here I'm like let me show you what a sunset looks like. <laughs> I'm singing through the lyrics so I can quote it for you. <laughs> Because talking them would be weird. I, it's like it's a weird recall. I guess I don't know. Is that the one
2: that has
1: farm
2: in
1: it? Yeah. Tell them how they all together. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Keynote Gallery over there. <laughs> um. So that that song is actually it is. It is a very, very honest. That second, that second verse in that song, um, where I'm talking about how we've all got problems, and I get, you know, I get worried sometimes, and I get scared, and I have my feelings, and I am so honest in that song about my mm-hmm. the insecurities that I've experienced in the past in relationships and whatnot. And and uh, the first time that I ever performed it on stage, it was for a it was for a, an event called uh, Nashville Rising Song. Yeah. and I I got up and I played it and I got off stage and I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I felt like I had just violated myself on stage. Like I was, I, I, it was such a crazy experience. Like, Oh my God. I literally just told everybody what,
0: what my problems are. (laughs) That naked emotion. Like what we said at the start.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, and I really, you know, going, I I have been, I've been through a lot in relationships. I've been through a lot in life and, uh, and I'm really honest in that song about getting worried about how I'm trying to fix problems that aren't really problems. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's an honest, it's real honest. It's
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it's, it, but it's fun. I love the song. And I think that uh, I wish that uh, some parts of me wish that um, I would have released it now, you know, some the, you, you you know, obviously um, I love, I love having released it and whatnot, but, there's always going to be that feeling with that first project that I could have, uh, that if, if I would have released that project a little bit later on, um, that it would have gotten a way more attention than it did. And, uh, and, um, but I think that it was a great, creatively speaking, it was a great project to be like, boom, I'm in Nashville and I'm trying to make a statement. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> yeah. I get that. No, I totally, totally get that. I also get the kind of, it's, it's, it's an amazing song and you've got to start you know basically put your stamp out there and say this is who i am this is what you can expect but this is great and the next one's gonna be even better and then even better and then even better yeah. and if, if even if it's something that's already great then the list is exponential you know yeah. if, if you're starting off with crap or whatever you do you know whatever you want to release you know in nashville to begin with then it kind of sets the tone lower and, you know, you got further to get, to get up there. If you get, if that makes any sense, it doesn't make sense to me now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, I, I actually, I totally understand where you're at right now. Um, I did get into Nashville with a lot more experience than the normal um, or like the, the, the average person that like moves into Nashville, they're going to go and start their dreams and, and to really pursue things, and I, I, I did move into Nashville with a lot more experience than, uh, than
0: yeah, than totally,
1: yeah. Um, but you know, um, the sound even now, the sound has developed so much just within a couple of singles after that, and and it's really gotten. I think I found the producer that I'm really comfortable working with moving forward. Uh, he works real well. He's fast, and I've known him. I've known him for years, uh, even from L.A. I actually, he's my my vocal coach from LA she's actually in Nashville now and it's her fiance really yeah and he's <clears throat> he's extremely talented um he's been he's worked in all kinds of different genres he understands my eclectic influence you know how worked work on so much uh different kind of music and um and I finally got a chance to work with him this past uh on this past single and I, w- I was thrilled the sound was great everybody loved The production on it. So I don't think I'm moving with him, yeah.
0: Going from what is love? Yep. To then going into like can't call you home and then way past words. What was it like for you then moving between song to song to song? You know, actually releasing the song and then Seeing what is love do what it does and then seeing can't call you home doing what it does and now with way past words which is just yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <it's> a... <laughs> basically for, yes. Those, for those obviously this is an audio podcast basically my hands were like recreating like a firework and going off and kind of like exploding in the air like shooting up although you can't see my hand up here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, I went like that um
1: there so that that project itself is is a relationship from beginning to end Mm -hmm. from start to finish and that was the whole concept behind the album was the whole thing moves, moves through a relationship from song to song yeah and um and what love is and then going into can't call you home it was supposed to feel super abrupt and it was supposed to feel like Wait, what just happened? Because, like, up until that point, every song is like it's so positive and it's so loving and there's so much emotion and love and nice. and all of a sudden just boom, it hits and it's supposed to feel like that because that's, you know, that's what it feels like when you get cheated on. and um and that's what happened. You know, it's telling telling stories and and kind of compiling different songs from from different parts of life and and telling a story, you know, a true story about. About what you know, what I've been through, I'm sure you know everybody goes through it at some time in life, um, and and I think that it was super relatable. But the moving between those two songs specifically was a, was really interesting. Um, Can't call you home was actually the the general favorite between most people, they, they enjoyed Can't Call You Home and What Love Is. So those were like the two most popular, but Can't Call You Home was like the favorite off the album. And uh and it it just started like that's when I really got to dive into who I am as an artist on screen. So yeah. like that's when the videos got to be really emotional and they got to be really detailed and they got to be really like really rough. Like they're still those last two videos are hard for me to watch. Um you know, sometimes if I'm if I'm feeling if I'm having a rough day, you know, I'll go through and watch those videos or see those videos. I'm like, man, that's it's they're rough. My ex-wife's in the videos and like it's like the story, you know, like it's it's uh, it was an emotional experience going through releasing those songs for sure. But yeah. I don't know why I do that to myself. It sounds like I mean, going through this interview, it seems like every time I release something, it's like
0: <laughs> it, it's tri- re-triggering traumas. I'm so Sorry. <laughs> I mean you've been through a lot today. You genuinely have. I mean I brought up all these you know your past. I brought up the abuse that you've got regarding the mullet. I've just
1: <laughs> Man and you know that was uh I'm still getting through that. Like I said we're, we 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 did go through some therapy over here. <laughs> no. <laughs> um you know um it, it's it's honestly it's nothing i i i've um i have been through a lot even you know just by gosh all that stuff that i had gone through i got i i've been sober now even from alcohol um six years so yeah two years before that was narcotics so that was all the all the hard drugs was uh, two years before that so you know all that stuff that i went through that was my 23 man that was it was a lot so i i did t- um I, a lot going through aa and whatnot i did um I did, you know, go up, tell my story a lot and just kind of
0: yeah, talk
1: about it. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in there in those few years. <laughs> well,
0: I, I've, can I ask, you know, what is like AA meetings like for you? Cause I've never been in the position myself to obviously go through that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the worst part about alcoholism or, or drug addiction um, is that, once you, once you enter that space, you know, and there's a lot of people that believe that it's a chemical thing. That's that, you know, you are prone to being an addict, um, just chemically speaking. And there's a lot of people that believe you cross a line and, um, and I'm, I, am i I'm more of a cross the line kind of guy, but once you enter that space where you're dealing with it, you are dealing with things emotionally by drinking or using and, um, you, once you cross that line though, there's no more, there, there isn't a choice behind it. And you really you go through so many things and you don't care about people and you do a lot of damage in your life. But I think the worst part about it is that like, it's not at that point, it's so hard. It's not your fault. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's been, it's been, I guess, clinically stated as a, as a disease of the mind. It's like, it's, it's something like cancer, you know, it'll kill you if you, if it goes long enough. And, um, and, and it's, but you get such a harsh response from other people. So you end up dealing with it alone and i think that, that 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 thing in itself is that most of the people around you have no idea what you're going through they don't want to have anything to do with you by the time you're ready to help yourself yeah. and you're finding a group of people that understands and they're willing to help and and they have a way of doing it and i think that that's you know that's the biggest thing that aa offers people is that it's it's a group of people that gets it and you don't have to you don't feel like an outsider anymore
0: what was what was the moment like then when you realize that you needed to get back across that line, you know, back to the right side, you know, get back to some form of not normality, but.
1: Oh man. Um, so I mean I guess, I guess getting further into it, I was a recovering meth addict, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. and, uh, but there was a real long weekend with my mom where she essentially kidnapped me and she took me to a hotel out in the middle of nowhere where she was not letting me leave <laughs> yeah. until, until she was not letting me leave that room until I, until I admitted or, you know, just accepted that I needed to go and get some help. So, um, you know, family that, that would, that was a good moment there. But, um, I went through a lot trying to, there was a really big, um, a cultural shock for me. I, I, I was coming off the road. I'd been on the road for six years traveling the way that I was. Um, yeah, and and I essentially I went from being on the road for six years, being in a new place almost every week and and traveling the way that I did and living the way that I did, experiencing things and just so much going on all the time to all of a sudden, you know, I went to treatment, I went to rehab, and they wanted me to have a structure of my life where I woke up, went to the gym, went to a meeting, went to work, and then went to bed. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was honestly, that was the hardest thing for me. I have a song in my first album called Gone Gone Gone. And that's what it's about. It's about like, man, at first this seemed like so great. I feel so, my body feels so good. My mind feels so good. I feel happy. But like, dude, I am so bored right now. (laughs) You know, like I have nothing to do on a day-to-day basis. I'm literally doing the same thing every day. I'm not working on as much music as I was. I was working at Panera Bread, which was nothing to say bad about Panera Bread. But I was just like, man, I just was uh, just not happy.
0: Yeah. No, no, I get that. (laughs) I get that.
1: It's a, and it's a and it's a normal thing to go through, but like uh, for me, the cultural shock was a huge thing. Like, man, they want me to be structured now, and I think that was a really big, a really big reason for me to get back into drinking. Um, you know, for the couple of years, and um, but then uh, for me, the moment was I, I fell, I got drunk one time, and I I went and leaned on a fence, and the fence toppled,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. I fell down and it was one of those bar fences, you know, they used for like festivals to like keep people in line.
2: Yeah. And
1: the fence, I fell down and I put my hand down and the fence fell on top of my hand. And then I like landed on the fence and I almost lost my finger over it. <sighs> I had to go through like, uh, through like physical therapy and nerve damage therapy and all that stuff to even be able to play guitar again. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, Holy crap, man! That 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 like that's four or five months uh, where I couldn't play guitar. Like I tried everything. I tried like strapping a, a, a finger of a glove to my hand, you know, for like leather, so I could play it. It wasn't like I couldn't do anything. And I was like, literally, I can't I can't drink anymore. I can't. Like I almost lost music. You know, that was like uh, that was it. I was it was either that was the wake up call. That was the wake up call. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine not being able to play music. That would be
0: devastating. Yeah. No, that that's 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 great to hear that you know you had that wake you know wake up call, and the sense of routine can drive people up the wall. You know that mundane; it can almost seem mundane, but yeah. it does help. I mean, at the moment, I can't sleep. I suffer really, really bad with with insomnia, and it's nowhere near the story that you you know you've been through. But it's very, very similar. And last night's message from the therapist was sleep loves routine. You wake mm. up at the same time, you do the same things throughout the day, You know whether it's you go to the gym at the same time, you eat your meals at the same time, and then you go to bed at the same time every night and do the same thing, and your mm. body loves it, your sleep loves it, and you'll find that you sleep perfectly fine. Now, for me, it's impossible to do because I do the radio, I do the podcast, then I do everything very time Restrictive, you know, things have got to be out by a certain point. So it just never, I can't stick to that. Uh, But I know that will help. I know it will. Yeah. But it's the things. Yeah.
1: What are you supposed to do? And uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it, um, you know, obviously I coped with it, and I got to learn how to how to live a normal lifestyle (laughs) over time. But uh, you know, it was it was definitely a few moments there that that really changed life for me. And, uh, you know, just glad to be on the other side of it.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad thing. you're, and we, I,
1: I celebrated turning 30. I had the biggest birthday of my life when I turned 30, years was old. Cause it was like, <laughs> I don't think anybody, you know, when I was younger, I don't think anybody in my, in my family expected me to make it to 30. So, um, you know, we, everybody's like, Ooh, 30. And I'm like, hell yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's brilliant. You should do. I mean, do you, do you find it's given like each, day and each month and each hour and each second kind of that new that new lease of life you know very like an appreciation
1: oh absolutely and i and you know um kirstie will tell you this too i i consider myself one of the lucky ones you know i get to see life in a way where um where i'm just i'm grateful you know know, i'm grateful all the time and i and i that that in itself is kind of invaluable for me um To wake up healthy, you know, and to have a relationship with my family and, uh, and it's just, ah, gosh, it is, yeah, it is something else to be, to be in a position now and looking back and, and, um, uh, yeah, I consider myself lucky to, to, to have gotten to see, uh, life in a way where, you know, nothing else is really going to seem all that bad. (laughs) Yeah. So up until this point, I've dealt with just about everything and, and, uh, you know, just happy to be here happy to wake up today
0: no that that's that that's you know to to put a positive spin on everything that is the great way to look at things you know can things you know say you're you're struggling with a song lyric or a guitar chord or you know there's something you just can't get right you know there's always that thing at the back of your head that says well at least at least I'm still here at least I'm still breathing at least we've got at least God's given us this life
1: yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's uh you know um obviously we all have our ups and downs we all go through through different stages of life but uh you know being able to wake up in the morning and feel that way is uh is yeah like I said it's invaluable it it it, it changes the whole perspective on your whole day and how you treat people how you treat life how you treat how you treat opportunities. Yeah. Uh you know. So I don't know, it's like I and I you know I try to communicate it the best I can without getting frustrated with other people, you know, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you like, you know, what are you, about? But yeah. I, you know, I should probably take a few things a little more seriously than I do. It
0: sometimes. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no. You, there, there's in life. There's things that you should take seriously and things that you shouldn't, you know, and I think a lot of people take too much of life too seriously.
1: Well, it's hard not to, I feel like we have so many things in society that tell us to, but, um, You know, yeah, life, man.
0: Mm. (laughs) No, that's that's it. Just life, man. That should (laughs) should be the next single, life, man.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna gonna get a tattoo. I don't know where it's gonna be, but just say life,
2: man.
0: (laughs) Going. We've mentioned Kirsty again. Then you know how Kirsty will understand the way that you appreciate life. Now, Mm. what kind of time frame was it from going clean to then meeting? And then eventually started dating Kirsty.
1: Um, I met Kirsty when I was four, like almost four and a half
0: years sober. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then um, and then we started dating just before I took my five years.
0: What? How does how does the conversation go? You know, between you two where you you know you you're talking about your life and what you've been through was it pretty much straight away that that came out that story or was it like a couple of months down the line where you've kind of like roped her in with your matador looks and kind of anchored <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: no no I am um socially speaking I am so openly honest with people
2: mm-hmm.
1: about like hey you know I'm in, I'm in recovery because we because we're we're in such an industry where you meet people when you're out. Yeah. No, we go to venues, we go to bars, we go to clubs and we, we meet people. And that's like, that's the environment where our business meetings, you know, that's the environment where I get a business card from somebody. And, uh, and you know, everybody that meets you, you're the artist, you go to, you go to play your gig, you know, especially at gigs, people watching shows, "Let let me buy you a drink and stuff like that. And like, now, you know I'm in recovery, haven't drinking a long time, but that'll it's it's a really fast way for them to stop offering you drinks. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather uh, I'd rather I'd rather be honest with them than for them to keep offering me drinks 19 times a night and for me to be like no, no thanks, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, uh, Bobby Bones, the radio DJ over on iHeart, he doesn't drink alcohol, and um, whenever he goes. You know, just, just by personal choice, he doesn't drink alcohol. And whenever he goes to a bar and everyone's like, oh, I'll get you a drink, he always goes to the bar beforehand and tells them to only bring virgin drinks, specifically just so... Because obviously everyone's getting drunk around them and, and he won't be. And everybody will be looking at him like, well, how come he's not getting drunk? Can he really take alcohol? And... What kind of what kind of the reason why I said that is what kind of drinks do you go for then when you're at a bar you know do you go for like a virgin drink or do you stay away from it all completely and go for like just a coke or a soda? Uh, honestly, it
1: ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, um, I I am water. Water. <laughs> I got the water going. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> I love that big build up. Nine nine point nine 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 percent <laughs> percent. That's 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 good. Water.
1: Yeah. No. And uh, but you know, on on the special occasions, if we're having like it's been a long week of work, you know, we're celebrating, we're having one of those days. On those days, for sure, I go for like uh, you know a Shirley Temple with a lime. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you something.
0: Hey, there's, no grown- judgment, there's no judgment from me.
1: No <laughs> as a, as a full-grown man in a cowboy hat, <laughs> when a waitress walks up to you and she says, hey, can I get you something to drink? And I turn around, I'm like, yeah, Shirley Temple, please. <laughs> tell me how you're going yeah, to gonna keep a straight face.
0: <laughs> Shirley Temple with a straw. <laughs>
1: I'll take a Shirley Temple. Yeah, no, not once has, have I not gotten laughed at.
0: Oh, just I can just picture you now walking in with your new, you know, Western gear from your new branding deal, and you got your cowboy hat on, your (laughs) mullet, your shades, my leather jacket, leather jacket, (laughs) just your mullet again, just to reinforce that mullet. The The
1: (laughs) Shirley Temple with a lime, with a lime, yeah, with
0: a lime. Hold the straw. (laughs)
1: yeah how are you not supposed to laugh at that? so like they, you know they laugh at me they laugh at me every time but i'm like yeah i know i know until
0: um, you turn around and say have you tried it it's actually quite nice and every- <laughs> <you're seeing laughs> <you're that> everybody's <laughs> drinking them
1: <laughs> they are they are they are wonderful i um i uh i worked at a i worked at i've worked, worked at a few bars a few restaurants when i first got into nashville obviously i wanted to try and uh, get in on the money meet, meet a few venues and whatnot uh some musicians so i got uh Went and worked at a bar, and that was like my all weekend. So that was the plan. I would work literally doubles Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and then I'd get to work on music when everybody was in, Na- in Nashville was in town. Yeah. You know, everybody in Nashville is a musician, so they all travel out for the weekends. Everybody's out of town on the weekend, so all the networking happens during the week. Yeah. So uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I would work, 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 and then Sunday night, I would drink my Shirley Temple of a. That was my, that was my, like, reward for myself. Boom. Another weekend down.
0: I just picture it now. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, in a mason jar and everything, you know.
0: <laughs> I just picture it now. You're there behind the bar, just specking these drinks, you know, and a, a cute girl or whatever comes up to the bar and it's like, oh, can I get, can I get you a drink? And you're like, yeah, go on then. What do you want? Like a, a whiskey or a, or a beer? The Shirley Temple. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, so what was Kirsty's response to the Shirley Temple?
1: Oh, you know what? I got lucky. OK, Kirsty. not that she not that she identifies as an alcoholic or anything like that. But, you know, she she doesn't drink anymore. She, yeah. she's you know, she had her fun in in college and in high school. She's from Wisconsin, yeah. You know, so you can imagine she, you know, she, there was lots of drinking where she came from, and uh, and you know, she said she got it out of her system by the time by the time we met, she, neither of us drank, so it was kind of like a cool, like oh, cool. And that was actually that's kind of how we got to be so close in the beginning. Was we we all we had the same group of friends, and that all got to be like a really tight knit group of friends. And we were the only two that didn't drink. Yeah. So it was like, oh, Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. You know, when everybody else is, uh, when everybody else is, is, you know, feeling real good by the end of the night, we were just like having our, you know, chilling, hanging out.
0: Yeah. No, that's what it is. You can stay out longer then and just enjoy the night longer rather than. Yeah. Just the usual messy night, which is just messy. I mean, I, if I go out, I will not drink i'll i I usually stick to coke because i'm- yeah. us, i'm usually the driver oh, so yeah. I just don't enjoy having a drink i you know just by choice I just don't really enjoy it
1: yeah well and that's uh you know that's good obviously there's tons of people that spend two of their time drinking but um but they're you know they're like yeah watching them spend watching people spend money that was like the one thing that like uh, especially in Nashville you know you get down to those bars it's 12 dollars a drink mm-hmm. 6 or you know 6 or 7 dollars for a beer and um <clears throat> and you're like you guys you guys take come on, you know yeah. spending so much money on alcohol and and uh, not feeling good by the end of the night not feeling good in the next day all that stuff and i just you know there's definitely you know a lot of things that I am. Uh, you know a lot of good things about about uh, not partaking for sure.
0: Literally, pardon the phrase, pissing it up against the wall. What was it? We we call it pissing it up against the wall. Pissing it, pissing it
1: up against the wall.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wall, wall. wall, water, water. <laughs> that's that's the other one we always get. Water, water. <laughs> Do you want a glass of water, a cup of tea with the queen, and a scone? Yeah, a of- I, like that,
1: I like the way that you guys say it. 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 Yeah, that's fun for me. I like your guys' accent. It was like one of my favorite accents.
0: You see, um, I love all yours. I know, that, I know the accent changes dramatically, whether you're in the north, south, east, west, whether you're oh, central, yeah. central, north, you know, whether you're from... Nevada, or whether you're going all the way over to Massachusetts, it changes so much. But here, it changes so much as well. So my accent actually sounds a lot different than what it does in Liverpool, where they're a bit higher pitched and they got they like almost how do I describe it? A bit flemmy,
1: <sighs> more out of their nose.
0: Yeah, coming yeah. out out the nose. Yeah, and then there's like the Geordies who. They've got a different accent as well. And then there's Birmingham, who's got really, really low, slower accent. And then London, which is very posh and pretentious, almost sometimes, uh, depending on who they are. Or then you've got just Yorkshire people, where we just talk normal.
1: Oh, you, normal.
0: That's that's where I'm from, by the way, is Yorkshire. Yorkshire's yeah. not.
1: Well, no, I figured as much. Uh, well, but, uh, you know... I don't know if normal is the way that
0: uh, I would describe it. <laughs> Water. Water. <laughs> oh, love being British. British. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really self-conscious now of how I say everything. Thank you no, no, very no much. No way. I, I,
1: don't, I said I liked it. I wasn't <laughs> saying that. I said I liked
0: it. <laughs> okay, then. So we've gone through a fraction a wee, wee little fraction of what you've released. Yes. No. Now, what is coming up? Do you have any-
1: Yeah, I'm actually really excited. Okay, so on April 2nd, I go into the studio again. Um, in So I'm going to work with a guy that goes by Dr. Ford in the sound kitchen. Same guy I worked with last time. Yeah. And for the first time ever, get this, I am releasing a song... That is not mine.
0: Really? someone else is yeah. written it?
1: I, I did. I said, so yeah, somebody else wrote it. I, I you know, um, I don't know. Do they have writer's rounds out there? Do you yes. know writer's rounds? Yeah. Okay. So I was at a writer's round and Kirsty was in, I was playing guitar for Kirsty in the round. And Kirsty was in a round with a guy named Lucas Asbury. And he played a song that uh, literally halfway through the song, I was like, dude, oh, man, if he doesn't have anything going on with this song, I think I want to cut it. So I went and asked him and I guess, before Kirsty had had time to say something to me, she was going to say the same thing to me like that. You should release that song. <laughs> and, and that's a really far-fetched thing. Yeah. You know, before Quarantine made me do it, every other song that I've ever released has been solo right. Yeah. So um, way past words, Quarantine made me do it. Two co-writes that I've released. And then for this one, man, I heard the song and I was just like – dude, I want to release it, and I've uh, got a really great response from it. The producer loves it, so April 2nd, we're moving forward with a, co- a song. It's called, right now, we have it titled Red. It's a working title, um, so I think we'll probably figure out something, you know, but it's about a girl in a red dress.
0: A girl in a red dress. It's
1: about a girl in a red dress, and it is, it's, it's a very reminiscent, like, you know, talking about my favorite dress and it was red and all that stuff. It was, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool song. All right. Yeah.
0: I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear it.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. to I'm excited to, to actually get it and record it, lay it down. It's uh it's going to be a little, you know, I'm getting further into the, I'm releasing country songs now for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no, no too, no too right. I mean, cause you're from Cali, you know, you've, You've been involved with the, you know, the rap, the hip-hop, the pop side of everything, you know, just everything merging because that's where the kind of culture kind of diverges and everything intermingles. And
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's nice for you to not find your avenue or find your lane, but to find something that you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, well, and so it's the craziest thing. Country music kind of just like ingested me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've never heard of it described like that.
1: <laughs> it, it, no. And, and the reason I say it consumed that is me. It, it really did. No, it just kind of like all of a sudden one day I started like, I, you know, I've always worked in studios. I went to school for audio engineering. So I worked in studios a lot when I was in LA and, um, and one time somebody came into a studio and was like, Oh man, I need to, I need to, I need to write a country song. I was like, what are you talking about? I mm-hmm. I'm a, a rock artist my whole life. You know, and somebody walks in and they're like jamming. I go, like, oh, yeah, some country music. And I yeah. was like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, dude, I, you know, it's not like no hero and way past words or are like completely opposite side of the spectrum songs. Like, yeah. you no, know, there's some new production. My vocals have progressed a lot, but like, you know, my my music just became country music. <laughs>
0: <One> <laughs> it just day, suddenly switched overnight.
1: Yeah, one day it was all of a sudden everybody just called it country music, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm a country artist. And uh, but you know, luckily enough, there's there's so much about country music that I that I have so much love for. Um, but you know, I grew up with a really, really, a really, really heavy love for rock and roll. You yeah. know, for all old school rock and roll all through ages rock and roll, I grew up listening to rock 24-7 um, in a very, very influenced underground hip-hop town. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah. all of my friends listen to like these really dirty hip-hop and underground hip-hop, and, um, and I was sitting here, you know, like in my Converse and my ripped jeans, <laughs> and I'm like, hey
2: guys!
1: <laughs> you know, listening to America and the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and uh so I definitely an eclectic background with music but country music yeah like I said country music it literally just found me I uh I got invited to Stagecoach one time and started listening to it and I was like boom I'm in I'm, I'm down let's do it yeah yeah
0: I'm so glad I'm so glad that's the route that life's led you down that fate has yeah. taken you and because just genuinely amazing just really are
1: yeah. Yeah. And Nashville is such a great town. You get to see the industry in Nashville as opposed to LA, you know, LA it's very who you meet when you meet them, that kind of thing. In mm-hmm. Nashville, everybody is still willing to shake your hand. You know, I got a uh, um, I, I've been working some live stream stuff for backstage pass yeah. and, um, uh, they had a girl on her name is Jamie Floyd. She's a Grammy nominated songwriter. She's had cuts all over the place. She's had stuff on sync for TV, very successful songwriter, you know? And I, I literally, I sent her a message on Instagram. Hey, what's up? You know, I loved your performance. I would love to, you know, pick your brain about the music industry, a Grammy nominated songwriter. And she responded within 24 hours. Like, you know, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Cool. I would love to talk to you about how, what I learned and my experiences and stuff like that. And like, that's the Nashville, that's, that's what Nashville is as far as the industry is concerned. Like everybody is willing to shake your hand and have a conversation and, uh, and help you grow and you get to see other artists grow. It's, it's fun. Nashville's a whole different ballgame.
0: So, I'm really jealous. You know, every time I, obviously, because it's, it's great for you being, you know, American and you, you're over there, you live, you know, you, you move to Nashville, you live in Nashville, obviously you're in Florida at the moment. But, the fact that you're actually there to in, intermingle you know you're there to shake the hands you know a lot yeah. of people you know the, yes you can do it from other states but when you're especially trying to make it and you're trying to get yourself in that not that clique but you know into those inner circles you know you've got to be there I mean I've yeah. struggled you know you can't there's only so much you can do via an email you know you've got to be there right. in person
1: yeah and honestly as a songwriter <coughs> as a songwriter you could go abroad and study from people, and go to these and go to these these learning groups, and go to all this stuff, and learn, and learn and learn and learn and learn and get as good as you can, all that stuff. But you will make more progress just going to an event, you know, going to events in Nashville, yeah. than and, and networking. You make more progress networking in Nashville than doing anything else. Um, you know, obviously, you have to be performing, and you have to be keeping your content online up to date. But, um, you know, everybody in Nashville is, is in the industry and they're all willing to shake your hand yeah. and they're all going to hear what you do. And it's like, you know, you make, you make a lot, you make a lot more progress in Nashville with relationships than you do in any other way. For sure.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Now, to fi- well, oh, first thing I want to do before I ask this final question is congratulate you and Kirsty on the backstage pass stuff. Hmm. It's amazing to see that step forward, that development, that next next phase. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh and Kirsty, you know, she's always just she's great on camera and she kind of that that role she host she actually hosted a she hosted my EP release party right after we started dating. She hosted an EP release party for, um, and you know, she got up and she announced all the artists and she did <laughs> the thing and, and she's just great at it. It's just, you know, she's, she's got a knack for, for entertaining people and, and being interesting. So, um, so it's awesome for her Streamfest, Um, is so stoked about the way that Streamfest is progressing and what it's turning into. Obviously it started with just the, the online, the virtual music festival and yeah. um that's still going great we raised five thousand dollars at our last one in january yeah yeah so that's a Ooh, huge there's a huge fundraiser uh we already donated out to restaurants and done all that stuff so um yeah that in itself is amazing but then um we got to the point where you know Kirsty and i are we've been doing a lot of next level stuff for the industry like first live streaming uh-huh. um kind of the whole time it was like it was kind of a hobby for me i'm a I'm a techie like that. I have fun, like, ooh, what's this thing and that thing? <laughs> stuff and um, and so we're it's super cool. We're we've got Walker Hayes coming on to our coming onto the show tonight. <clears throat> and that essentially puts me in a position where I'm controlling his stream and doing all the stuff, and Sony's gonna be like Sony's PR team is gonna be watching that. And uh, and it's just a really good opportunity for us to grow business. And so many people have come to us being like Man, how are you doing this, and how do you guys do this? and can you help me with this stuff? And I was like, "Oh dude, this has to be like so many people ask us that like I've just got to start a business out of it. so the first gig is country radio seminar, and then <laughs> you know after that uh you know we've already we've already been asked to do uh like a, a you know, fifty fifty streams during c m a week and you know so it's like it's gonna pick up real quick.
0: thank you you deserve a clap that's (laughs) the the country chat clap I'm going to introduce that now the country chat clap every every time that you (laughs) every time that you go beyond expectation and actually make me speechless deserves a clap just Thank you. <laughs> That's some serious, serious going. Because I mean, you know, not we, we we've been talking today about the about your previous life
2: yeah. and
0: being on that endless road and being through the struggles and the mental, emotional, physical torture that you've been through throughout life. Yeah to then being where you are now, Mm -hmm. in the position that you are now, where you're controlling streams for the likes of Walker Hayes, who is an amazing artist. Yeah. Being in contact or having people from like Sony watching you just, and you never know those, that one person from Sony that's watching you might think, I wonder what this guy's like. I wonder what, let's listen to his stuff. And next thing you know, in two months time, you won't just be releasing an EP launch or a or a single launch or an album launch. You'll be signing a contract to a major label and bringing in the dollar. Make Soon it, enough, man. Make it rain.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Soon enough. We are getting there. Um, but it's... And, and, and even more so, like you said, it, it puts us in contact with those <laughs> kind of companies. And after CRS, so CRS was our first gig. We didn't have any kind of example of what we're going to do for people before CRS. So after this, but you know, we've gotten Billy Dean was on yesterday and that's like a country music legend. So, uh, so we're, you know, after CRS, we're going to be able to pick out. (laughs) um, We're essentially, I'm going to be selling. It's like the easiest way to live stream for anybody. They, they click a stream and everything else is handled. You know, they click like everything else is handled. So, um, we're gonna be pitching out towards uh independent labels to begin with and uh you know, starting to build relationships with people and businesses and companies and it's gonna be fun. And I and not just with uh with music businesses either, but my um my mother is super far into the real estate game. She has been for, you know, thirty plus years. Uh, and uh, you know, real estate agents need it, so we're gonna start doing that kind of stuff and you know, just build build as we
0: can. That's awesome. That's that's brilliant. Last thing I want to really raise, and I'll probably end up giving you another clap. But the you go back to your bio, yeah. and the final little paragraph thing on your EPK says supporting security systems in schools. Jesse Lopez launched his non-profit Save By Wa- Waves. Waves
1: waves so like dot waves
0: oh waves yeah on july 19th 2019 ensuring the future and safety of our children by installing security systems in schools
1: <laughs> oh man you know how it's been we've been feeling it. i don't know i'm not sure uh i'm not up to date on the uk on uk news or anything but um, it seems like for the longest time we've just been dealing with a very consistent thing. Obviously, not during COVID, but uh, cry. Hey, there you go. The upside to COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, we've just been out here. We've been dealing with such a consistent issue with uh, people bringing weapons into schools, and
2: yeah.
1: and I'm not sure. Like, they for some reason, and I can't, I I can't understand what the heck is going on. But we we pay our educators so low. We don't take care of educators. Nobody wants to be an educator. Yeah. Um, and so kids aren't being taught correctly. People aren't being passionate about teaching kids. And I don't, I feel like there's such a hole um, there. You know, I feel like there's such a hole there where we should be paying attention to like so much attention to it. So uh, there's actually even further. I want to go so much further than just hosting shows to help um, security systems. But I have so many plans uh, for my career in the future. One of my biggest goals is to, is to really, Try and uh, make a big change with um, our educational system, and and uh, and how we're donating the educational system, and how that you know how that works.
0: Yeah, no, that, yeah. that is that's is amazing work. I mean, i've I've got I've got fans and listeners in America, and I, for the record, I am pro gum under the condition that the person is fully licensed, has been fully checked has gone through mental assessments, has gone through health assessments, gone through every assessment under the sun, and that is a reoccurring evaluation that has to be signed off by two medical professions to say that you are mentally and legally safe to use a weapon. Right. That's the only way I'm pro-gun. Now, when it comes to guns and children, there needs to be extra tests and extra precautions and extra yeah. measures to prevent the accessibility of guns to children yeah and because of that reason because of the risk of children getting hold of guns therefore brings in this risk of guns and into schools now that's what we see here in the uk we see all we see is there's another shooting or another Child that's been arrested with a gun in a school. Now it's not just guns; it's weapons in general. You know, it could be knives, it could be, it could be explosive devices, it could be anything, whether it's homemade or whether it's manufactured or whether it's bought in, bought out, whatever. No matter what, no matter what shape or size it is, weapons in school should not be at all. No, not not for anybody. Now, the only person that should have possibly access is somebody who needs to protect themselves, such as the teacher protecting the children. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole separate debate. Yeah. Um, But I love what you're doing because there should be the security systems in schools. It's sad. It's sad that that's the thing that you have to kind of protect. That's the things that you have to think of. You know, you you shouldn't have to think of how do I make my kids safe at school? You should be able to take your kid to school. You should be able to leave them there and expect them to come home safe.
1: Well and, and and there's like I learned so much. I actually went to uh, I went to the district and I met with uh, the financial advisor for the school district in Davidson County in Nashville. Yeah. And and that was them about their needs and about their stuff and they're you know, they're they're having a hard time even affording walkie talkies right now.
0: That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> for them to be able to communicate with each other and they were talking they were talking about um, you know, the last time that they purchased security cameras for their schools was like in the late nineties. No way. Yeah. You know, for the, for the, for the schools that have been around that long, you know what I mean? And like, they're, so there, there's, there's so much of a need. And, um, and even further than that, like the, the response time, and this was where my focus was, was the response time when something like that happens is so slow. Yeah. You think somebody has to get to a place where they feel comfortable enough, safe enough to make that call. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they make the call and they get, they call a dispatch agent. And then that agent gets a hold of the local police. Yeah. And then the local police finally gets the call and then they come. And um, I think they were saying on a nationwide basis, that average response time before the police officer even gets the phone call is like two and a half minutes. That's, it's too slow. It's like two and a half minutes. Pushing the three minutes, Mostly, most of the time before an officer actually shows up to school is like three and a half minutes. Yeah. And so the, my main focus behind all this was there was a piece of technology they have now um, that you essentially – you press a button and the unit that's two blocks away gets a direct, a direct line into his walkie-talkie that says, boom, the school needs you. Yeah. So it's like it takes the response time from three and a half minutes to 45 seconds, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. And, it, um, you know, a lot of stuff happens with somebody, a gun, 43 minutes.
0: Yeah. No, I, that is amazing. Yeah. It needs, you know, every school, not just in America, but everywhere. Because, yes, you might have gun crimes in America, but our knife crime rates here in the UK are just astronomically high. I mean, in London alone, yeah, you know, there's that many. You hear about that many stabbings, or there's that many, you know, attacks or assaults or murders or attempted murders or bodily harm charges. It, it it's sickening and it's so sad. It's yeah. sad to hear. You know, we should. I know life isn't perfect. I know life isn't roses. I know life isn't you know this daisies and sunshines and everything everybody's skipping together happily i know people have disagreements but for a disagreement to go to an argument to or to somebody wanted to take somebody's life it's just something completely out of it oh no
1: yeah it is sad and it's um you know kids are rough on each other and and it's you know you just got to be safe about it if you yeah for sure if you're gonna have guns in the house obviously don't let your kids get to them but like um I don't know. Yeah, obviously, from an outside perspective, um, I don't feel like there's enough attention being put into it. And uh, yeah, no, Huge. Like it's, it's a major goal, major, major goal for my entire career is to put as much as I can back into the educational system, and to try and help us wherever I can.
0: Out of curiosity, have you ever thought about running for office? <laughs>
1: I don't know if people like me run for office, man. I, <laughs> I think they I think people like me get get run off because of my past. <laughs> I heard, you know, with that whole thing, what did uh what did that what did what did he go through? What of the one president I think maybe it was was it Clinton? Bill Clinton went through the thing where they're like accusing him of smoking pot. And he was like, But I didn't inhale and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I inhaled, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to say?
0: <laughs> yeah, but that that that's it exactly though, is the fact that <laughs> people know, people know what you've been through, people, right. you're, you're, you're a man of the people, you know, people know the struggles you've gone through, you've been open and honest about them, and admitted, you know, that you've needed to change. Yeah. And you're trying to make changes in other issues. So it's, it's yeah. a re- re- somebody that you can relate to, you know, it's not just the the problem with, I won't go into too much about politics because <laughs> we, as in the creative industry, we always avoid politics. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> but the only issue I find with politics is it's all people in suits. It's not the people that wear the, you know, wear the boots, wear the.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I have, I have thought about, um, I don't know, you know, politics is, is something that's kind of up in the back of my mind a few times in life. Um, whether or not it be that, but public speaker for sure. I public wanna, speaker, I, yeah. I definitely, definitely want to get out and I want to help people and I want to, you know, whatever that means, get out in front of people and talk about it. Yeah, for sure. I want to be, and I feel like I feel like that is my one of the things is I want to be. I want to be a bridge. I want to be a bridge between that gap between like, you know, between what the people see and uh, yes. what a real person is. Because like, honestly, honest to God, and I instill to this day for me to get to where I want to get now with all the most talented people around me with being in Nashville competing, like, you know, I'm competing with those people as, as long as I'm working my ass off. You know what I mean? Hard work. It all boils down to hard work. And I think that that, you know, um, you know, as long as I'm willing to do that.
0: That's awesome. No, that, yeah. that is like I say, man of the people, you really, <laughs>
1: I'm gonna man, I'm trying. I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, I I guess, you know, show people the real the reality behind what a human being is in our position. We're just doing our job too.
0: (laughs) Vote Jesse Lopez. Vote Jesse Lopez.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, Kirsty Kirsty's probably listening right now, like, oh yeah, for sure, bro. Make his ego bigger. Thanks, man. What have you done? She's like, great. I'm going to hear that. this for like two weeks.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, babe. Mm. Just as long as you have a mullet. <laughs> as, long as, as long as I have a mullet. Just as long as you have a mullet. vote
1: Jesse
0: Lopez <laughs> Shirley Temple please <laughs> Shirley Temple please <laughs> this has been brilliant oh. <laughs> oh where can people find you on social media music platforms everywhere where can we find you
1: uh, yes yes so first and foremost I like to push the <laughs> website jessielopez.com but on all those social media platforms, I am at sounds like Jesse. <laughs> Go find me on TikTok. I'm, I'm really trying to push the TikTok right now. Sounds like Jesse on TikTok. Jesse with an E.
0: Jesse with an E. Yeah.
1: It's got two E's, but you know, only one that people care about.
0: <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> it's, yeah. oh.
1: it's the first. I don't say it like
0: that, yeah, but I... <laughs> Nobody cares about that second D. Not... That poor E. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to add you now. <laughs> Sounds. Don't judge me, but I've literally just typed with my finger in a weird pattern.
1: What happened?
0: No, I mean, I mean like, <laughs> 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 you know, when you, you see people of a certain age and they, instead of typing like this, like, like yeah. a, like a normal person, yeah. you go one letter at a time. Okay. That, that's how you know I've, how I've just been, I'm getting to that age.
1: I do one pointer finger, <laughs> one thumb, I'm telling you, it's the <laughs> fastest way. <wave. laughs>
0: yeah, or if you, you just hold it. it sideways, you can use, you use it as a keyboard and just. I can't do, you,
1: do it that way for some reason.
0: Do you have Do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah. Do you, does it ever annoy you when you're, say, writing a text and you're like laying in bed and it kind of like switches to that side view and then when you type in it kind of goes like a long keyboard
1: oh dude it's the worst it's the worst or it's like that or it's like when uh, like when you're trying to look at a picture yeah and you're like and it oh oh. it's changing on you the most frustrating thing ever
0: yeah (laughs) you go to take a photo and next thing you know you got a selfie of your chin like
1: oh yeah I love those ones love those ones oh or oh, the screenshot yeah oh i i i, I don't know but they definitely i hope they fix this for the 12 i haven't seen a 12 yet but they put these two buttons on, in such a way and so i am i'm left-handed in a lot of ways
2: mm-hmm.
1: right i hold my phone with my left hand yeah so whenever i go to press this the, the key locking button
0: yeah
1: i screenshot I screenshot, I have like, I probably have 40 screenshots on my phone right now from just random things.
0: So that's the 11. Yeah, I've I've got the the 11, uh, the highest, whatever the biggest one was, 11 Pro Max. Max, The settings, you can actually set a haptic thing. So if you double tap the back, you can change it to do whatever you want. Now, I thought it'd be really cool and quick and easy if I, because I take a lot of screenshots. So I thought it'd be cool if I did a double tap feature for the back of the phone to do a screenshot. <laughs> Every time I put the phone down, screenshot. Every time I pick the phone up, screenshot. Every time I put it in my ph- pocket, screenshot. Every time I'm typing, just the motion oh, itself screenshot. Mine
1: is yeah. screenshot.
0: <laughs> I think I had about 3,000 screenshots in my photo library that took up so much memory.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. I had
0: fun deleting I not know
1: about that feature. There's a whole bunch of things about this phone I still need to learn. You know, I... Do, I um... It's such an industry standard to have this phone, and it makes it so much easier for me to com- communicate with other musicians with this thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But if it were my choice, I'd, I'd probably still have a flip phone or one of those old brick phones. And just
0: Motorola Razor, the original one,
1: dude. dude the, the original Razor. What was the one? What was the, like the Nokia phone that Nokia like thirty three ten? Yeah, boom. Oh,
0: that's like with Snake on it. Snake. That's all you need. All you need in life is Snake. Facebook, Instagram, now we don't need that snake. It's fine. Ah, hours of fun. <laughs> Final question of the chat. Are you ready for this one? Yeah, it's a big one. Okay, it's a huge one. It's probably going to be the most emotional response that I should ever see. And it's starting to not believe you, considering the um, topics that we've discussed today. It's going to be really hard hitting. It's going to be just. I don't know how you're gonna be able to contain the emotion or excitement. Okay. Depending on how you take it. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no. Pineapple pizza? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no.
1: Man, you really did. You really did ask me a big question there. I take my pizza pretty seriously.
0: I know uh, just yeah. if, if, you, if you need a second, just to just gather your thoughts, just for me, be able to for process me, it.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to give you my straight answer here. I've worked at a lot of food places. Mm. I've got a lot of experience with pizza in general, eating it and such. Yes. And I will say this on the occasion on the occasion normally with when it comes to pizza I'm like I'm I'm like the barbecue chicken pizza guy barbecue sauce chicken bacon boom that, boom for me, like, you can't get that, yeah, that kind of pizza but on the occasion I'll tell you what you know a, a good thing crusted pizza with some some ham hmm some pineapple I'd go for mm. that probably.
0: I've got to, I've, I've- so gotta agree with you the barbecue chicken barbecue just smothered oh
1: there is nothing there's nothing that beats oh. that
0: barbecue
1: pizza. Oh. and it's so funny because every time somebody's like hey man you want to split a pizza and i'm like no you probably not you're right. <laughs> you probably <laughs> you just have barbecue sauce on it because no
0: <laughs> that that's I, I i think i think you're my best friend I think you're my pizza buddy because that is the best pizza.
1: You know what? I think you've been. You're my first pizza buddy, so I'm gonna, oh.
0: I'm gonna do that. I'm oh. gonna... Now, pineapple on pizza is amazing with like sweet chili chicken.
1: Sweet chili chicken.
0: Sweet chili chicken. Okay. On pizza, a bit of a uh, bit of pineapple. Sometimes a bit of sweet corn. Just nice mm-hmm. on a thin base. Thin thin bit of tomato. You don't need much tomato because yeah, of the sweet chili. Tomato. <laughs> 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 oh. and
1: what, did, what did Jesse get out of that whole sentence? Tomato.
0: <laughs> tomato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so what did you get out of this whole but, conversation? It does sound good. It does sound good. I'm going to try the green chili thing.
0: So what did you get out of this whole conversation water and tomato
1: water and tomato and uh you know i i actually i, I really appreciate you having me on today um uh, very very uh obviously as an independent artist the support of our music and what we're doing and and everything that we're trying to make happen is uh is more than appreciated so just being on shows like this and getting out in front of people uh, means the world to us so thank you
0: thank you for coming on and if it wasn't p- for people like yourself, you know sharing your story sharing sharing you know not not just even sharing the story that you could tell everybody else, but going into the deep you you went deep today i i appreciate it
1: and actually you know what i appreciate about this is is uh i I don't know if it's because i don't know if it's that people are a little are off put by it or they're not sure, they're not sure how I'm going to react, but nobody else is actually like asking, like digging questions about what I've been through ever. This yeah. is the first time that anybody's actually dug into it with me. So I appreciate that.
0: Oh, thank you. I mean, to me, just for an explanation to people, why I asked the way I ask is because this kind of podcast, I like to, I like to get to know the story. I like to get to know the lead up to somebody's life, because everything we do in life has either consequential consequences, you know, something leads to another, leads to another, sliding doors effect, butterfly effect, and like you was describing earlier, you know, because of what you've been through, it's led to the song Gone, 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 which is an amazing song. Now, if you hadn't been through the situation that you've been through, would you have had songs like uh, No Hero, gone 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 you know even like up to where you are now with way past words like would you be where you are now who knows
2: no way yeah so
0: you know that that's one of the reasons why i enjoy the stories from right from the beginning because that's what makes you the person you are today so that that's 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 it yeah
1: yeah and that's and i wouldn't i wouldn't get about honestly um my perspective is, is is what makes me in, an individual as a songwriter and, you know, and, and, and as a person. But, um, yeah, I feel like learning things and, and diving, having been through stuff and, and feeling those things out, and it gives me a special place to come from. Thank you. I get, to, I get to understand people from all <laughs> different parts of life, you know? Yeah. It's hard to judge.